was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Luke 8, 43-44 Welcome back, Living Hope family. This is Stepping Stones, Practical Conversations on Relationship Evangelism. And reading that verse was Brian Krug, who happens to be our first repeat uh, interview on the Stepping yes. Stones podcast. How's it feel, Brian, to get asked back? Feels exciting. Feels <laughs> I did something right the first time. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, wasn't it really soon after we finished that you were like, I have this other story, but it it would take some time and maybe we yes. it wouldn't have fit in last episode. But we kind of lived through this with you, and right. I, w- I agreed with you totally that this is something that Living Hope ought to hear. Oh, yeah. It involves, you know, we talk about friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, you know, sharing Jesus with that. And this is certainly related to family and persevering yes. and doing a lot. So, yes. um, yeah, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. I'd love to hear the story and then... And get sure. into some conversation about it. Yeah. So uh, uh, from the last podcast, of course, uh, I think I originally came on to share two stories. Mm. And of course, as I'm sharing the second, a third came to mind. Right. At the end of the podcast, a fourth came to mind. <laughs> so, That's right. So this is that fourth story. Yes. So, uh, Got it. So yeah. So the, the story involves my sister, Tina. Yeah. Um, she's a year younger than me. She was born in 48. No, I'm sorry. Not 48. I'm not that old. <laughs> wow. 68. Got it. 67. My bad. Yeah. She was born in 67. Of course, I yeah. was born in 66. Um, uh, so uh, as far as our family, it was my mom, my dad. Um, I was the oldest son. And then my Tina was the middle. And then my other sister, Lori, was the youngest. Right. And we were all within three years apart. Hmm. Um, so very close together. So uh, in any case, so Tina, um, uh, I wouldn't say... Uh, I'd say throughout high school, we were, uh, you know, somewhat close, you know, typical mm. brother, sister, um, uh, of course, you know, after high school, um, we kind of went our separate ways. Like I was involved with school. I worked during the day, went to school at night. So my mm. weeks were pretty much spoken for, um, she was actually going to school to be a registered nurse mm. at the time. Um, and then my other sister, uh, she was busy raising a family. She had already gotten married at that point. Mm. Um, so in any case, in the nursing field, um, uh, she graduated, she started, she did a residency and then we really was started working at like shock trauma. Hmm. Um, uh, usually shock trauma nurses usually have about a three year turnaround. I mean, the stuff that they see wow. is beyond what anybody would even imagine seeing. I mean, she's told me some horror stories, wow. not horror stories, but stuff that just the average Joe doesn't do, sure. if you know what I mean? And uh, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, And that was kind of the the beginning of the end. Um, She was very much a bury your head in the sand, the problem go away type of person. Hmm. Well, this one didn't. And I think, I don't know how long she knew she had it um, or even suspected it. You would think somebody in the medical field would be kind of, that'd be front and center Hmm. that, you know, Hey, something ain't right. Uh, What better person to know their own body than a nurse? (laughs) You know, right. um, so in any case, so I think it, she had let it go too long and finally got looked at and it was, it was it metastasized. 
Um, and it was, a, it was not the good, I mean, not that there is a good kind of breast cancer, but this one was specifically aggressive. Wow. Um, it, I think they called it inflammatory breast cancer. Hmm. Um, so when she first told us, you know, we were all like, oh, it'll be okay. We'll get you into treatment. Everything will be hunky-dory, you know, um, not meeting her, uh, as, as we had discussed on last episode, not meeting people where they are when mm. you're trying to evangelize with mm. them, you know. That wasn't the case. And I started doing some research uh, after talking talking with her. And we really hadn't, at that time, really didn't share anything about the gospel or mm. or Christianity with her. I mean, she knew she knew we were Christian. We were pretty devout in our faith. Um, you know, uh, yes. I mean, she saw how our family was and she saw the devotion and, the, you know, and right. just the commitment to Christ that we had. We didn't really speak it very often, but, you know, she saw it in our actions or whatever. But she wasn't a Christian not at that up point. until this point in her yeah, life. not at that okay. point. Okay. Um, now, we were all born and raised Catholic, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't really get a whole lot out of. You know, mm-hmm. at 18, I stopped going to Catholic church. Yeah, um, yeah mass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I met Amanda that um, uh, between her and her father, they led me to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, and it was a prerequisite for marriage. So I had to, I'm just, I'm joking. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. um, so in any case, so, uh, um, at that point in time when, in Tina's journey, she wasn't a Christian. Hmm. Um, uh, in any case, so I, I started doing some research on what this breast cancer was and was just shocked. Uh, I mean, the five-year mortality rate was like 1%, 1 or 2%. It was not good. And she knew this. Mm. She knew that. She had to have known this, you know, uh, which was probably explained just the fear that was on her face. I mean, uh, um, she was being prescribed like Xanax for the anxiety and stuff like that. Mm. Um, So so, uh, knowing... And this is early in her stage four, knowing where she was, um, knowing where she's going to be. Right. Um, I, I, this was, this was my first time sharing with somebody who was terminally ill. Wow. Um, and I have to say since then, I've had several opp- opportunities with it and, mm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have the fear that I had with this. Um, mm. it, not anymore. Uh, there's some things that I'll not do. There's some things that I'll continue to do, right. <laughs> which I'll get right. into. Sure. Um, so anyway, so it's uh, so I just you know decided between a man and I that you know we were going to try to uh, include her in, in, the, in as much as our family as they can. I mean, we were real close with um, her kids uh, and our kids. In fact, my daughter is the same age as the the twins, yeah. uh, the twin girls, mm-hmm. um, and they have one older boy um, uh, that. Yeah, I shared on the last time. It's funny how things how things intertwine. Mm. I shared the last time where uh, Amanda and I had lost our first child, yes. uh, Zachary. Yep. Um, well, he's the same age as Tina's oldest. Wow. So okay. it was a constant reminder of how old Zachary would have been, you know. Right. So in any case, that's 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 kind of the similarities between yeah, our yeah. families. In any case, so um, we were real close with the kids. Uh, she eventually moved. At the time, we lived in Stewartstown. She eventually moved in Stewartstown as well. Hmm. Probably a five-minute walk, but um, uh, rented this small um, small townhouse. So we kept in touch quite frequently. Sure. Um, started inviting her to church. Uh, she would come from time to time. Yeah, She'd bring the kids. 
Um, and I'd share a little bit more. And then it got this, and then it started to be, okay, we know she started accepting the fact of knowing what was going to happen. Still scared to death. Sure. Asked me to kind of be her power of attorney and, and executor of her will, mm. which that's, that's, that was tough. That was really tough. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I decided to, or I, I accepted the, the, the task of doing that. Right. Um, so then I had gotten into a lot of her finances and a lot of, you know, medical DNRs and all this other stuff that right. I had to be the spoken advocate in, in, in the is. event that she wouldn't be able to respond herself. Right. Um, so any case, um, to kind of fast forward a little bit, that went on for a while. I don't know at that time that she ever accepted Christ. I haven't really, I didn't really have, I didn't really have a sit down with her to share the gospel mm-hmm. as you would typically share the gospel. You know, I was trying to get her to church. I was trying to, you know, have her involvement in our family as much as I can, much like you did Will in, your, yeah, in yeah. our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, different situation, I'll say. Yeah, sure. um, but, uh, uh, you know, trying to do all that and, right. you know, in hopes that she'll grab onto something, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm sure there was times where I had the opportunity where I could share, mm. you know, this is what our faith is all about. And this is why we believe, yeah. um, she didn't really, I don't know. She just didn't really kind of cling on to it, even though she's dying. E- yes. Even though she's wow. dying. And, um, so with me, and this is, this is one of the things I probably like when I, I said before about, you know, ministering to the terminally ill it's mm. it's a different thing <laughs> it's a different thing um one of the don'ts and um I, oh first i'll stay i'll say i'm not a very compassionate person mm. i have other gifts but compassion <laughs> is not one of them right straight shooter straight shooter um the and top it all top all of that i know where i'm going at the end of this life right you know i know i don't fear fear death you know, I don't fear death like she's fearing death. Right. But I don't talk to her as if she's fearing death. I talk to her as if I don't fear death. So I'm very nonchalantly talking to her. I said, well, after you pass, we'll just do this, this, and this. You know, I'll make sure the kids, you know. So I'm very, like, nonchalant about the, the whole conversation. Not realizing and it's upsetting the, the heck out of her. Freaking her out. Yeah, yeah, it's just like freaking her. She's just not ready for that. And finally, mm. she, I remember we were in our driveway, and she had pulled up to do something. We had just sold our house, and I was painting. And she came up and we were talking and trying to get, you know, things in order, you know, had the kids to think about stuff like that, had her ex-husband to deal with as well. Right. Um, and me talking about, it, she says, uh, please don't talk like that anymore. I says, it's, it's not helping me, hmm. you know? So when I say meet somebody where they are, you learned that yeah. you can't, <laughs> you can't right. with somebody who's dying, right? especially with, um, you know, with us as Christians, you know, not having the fear of death that, uh, mm. you know, most who don't have a relationship with Christ do, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, so I had to approach it a little bit differently. Right. Um, so, uh, fast forward, um, get a, this, this was three episodes, get a, I was always getting emergency phone calls from her kids mm-hmm. and, it us, and it was usually on like in the early in the morning. I uh, had to rush over there. The first one was her complaining of these just severe, severe headaches. I mean, just screaming to the top of her lungs oh in, in utter agony. She, she, and she couldn't sit down. The only, t- the only time that the pain would actually subside a bit that she, w- she was still in pain, but it wasn't to that, that shrieking, shrill, 
you know, type wow. of pain was when she was standing up. Um, and she wouldn't go to the hospital. And I say, Tina, I said, we got to get you to the hospital. There's, there's, I, there's, I can't do anything to help you. It's like, it's not helping. So finally we called an ambulance, um, got her on the ambulance, uh, took her down there. I took the, uh, I don't remember what we did with the kids. I think my wife was watching them. And I went down to the hospital. Um, she had, uh, she was in her bed. When I walked in the hospital, she was on the floor, passed out. So I called a nurse. I said, somehow she tried to get out of her bed. She passed out on the floor, got her back in the bed. And then, then at that point, she was kind of aware enough. The pain had subsided. They, they give her some medication or whatever for the pain. Mm. I was prompted to share the gospel at that point. Wow. She's on what I thought was, I wouldn't say I thought it was her deathbed, but she wasn't doing good. Right. Even a nurse came up to me and just made sure that I knew the condition. And I said, yeah, I know. She had three or four tumors in the back of her head wow. that was causing the pain. And she says it's it's only a matter of time. Um, so I, I felt the need to, I, I need to share. I need to, I need to get her on the same page. Hmm. Um, so I shared and she seemed very receptive. And I said, uh, you know, I'll be here with you every step of the way. We'll go to church. I'll answer any questions you have. She was very receptive of it, you know. Mm. So then she, you know, after that episode, she um, she would kind of kind of slip back into the. She was still getting some of the pain meds because of her because of her cancer. Right. Um, at that point in time, addiction, no addiction. I really don't care if it's helping with the pain, you know. Right. Right. Um, it's it's not. It's a mute point. Sure. Um, so, but she would kind of fall in and out of interest with, with, um, with church and with, the, mm. you know, with Christ, mm-hmm. she would come to church sometimes, not come sometimes, you know, get another phone call. She's in the ICU. Uh, she had an, um, a ruptured, uh, what do you call it? A ruptured ulcer in her stomach Ugh. that would not stop bleeding. Oh my goodness. Um, so I get up there. Um, she, at that point in time, she's on a ventilator. Um, they'd already given her six or seven blood transfusions. And the doctor explained to me that, you know, with this bleed that they can't stop. Of course she's, you know, she's bleeding out of everywhere, Mm -hmm. her eyes, her ears, whatever. I mean, it was, I didn't, I couldn't not go in there and, and and look at her at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but he said, because she was bleeding out. So heavily, with every transfusion, that gets worse. The blood's ability to clot almost goes to nothing. Uh, so he sat, actually he sat my mom and I down at, in the conference room, the doctor did, and said she's probably not going to live through the night. Um, wow. You might want to get, you know, do whatever, you know, make whatever phone calls you need to make. Mm. Um, so we did. We just sat all sat in a waiting room between my dad, my mom, my sister, and myself, my youngest sister. Yeah. Um, and just aside, you know, where are we going to go from here? And she's still unconscious on a ventilator. Mm. Um, uh, and we were very not, I wouldn't say business, businessy about it, but you know, the, the emotions hadn't hit at that point. Mm. You know, we had a job to do. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I was hoping that, you know, and, and then the other, the other part of it was, I wish I was sharing more, shared more, mm. you know, I can't share with her right now. I'm probably not going to ever talk to her again. Wow. Um, yep. so, so we started doing that. Well, late that night, you know, of course we, we went home, um, the next morning go to the hospital and she's off the ventilator. Hmm. 
stop bleeding. No blood. Wow. The doctor, she's going to make it. It's a miracle. It's wow. a miracle. She's going to, nobody pulls through something like that. Right. And she pulled through. She still has cancer, you know, still has sure. stage four cancer. I mean, she's not out of those woods. Right. But this immediate was, she, she was out of. Oh my goodness. Um, what ties this, the verse that I said. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what ties the verse to what I said was, um, you know, she was on death's door and she was, I mean, like I said, she was bleeding out. And right. She she shared with me, um, while she was in, in that unconscious state, she shared with me a vision that she had. Oh and the vision goodness. was that... Uh, wow. Sorry. No, um, thank you. That she sat on a lap of Christ. And wow. on his garments. Oh, my goodness. And that's... I mean, when you asked me to share a verse, I didn't have one prepared. Right. That one just came up. Yeah. Um, And she was healed. Wow. Um, Oh, my goodness. That's when she became a Christian. Yeah. Wow. Um, From that point on, she was all for Christ. Really? All for Christ. Oh, praise God. And I, you know, I've never, you know, people say that... um, you really never know. Only God knows where you end up, you know? Right. Um, I have, you know, full confidence that she's with Christ. Hmm. And not that I had anything to do with it, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, we sow, like I always say, we sow the seeds, we, yeah. we water, we, you know, Christ seals the deal. Wow. You know, and it was, it was that vision that she had that, uh, I mean, she said it was as real as day. It's wow. like, it was... I mean, she could not distinguish that from real life. Um, oh my goodness! Uh, and I, and and you know, from what she explained, I can't remember exactly. Like I think there was some mention of you know she Christ said to her that you know I need you to go back or something. This is not mm-hmm. your time. I, I forget mm-hmm. exactly what it was, but it was something to that effect. You you, you hear near death experiences kind of take the same same right. format but she said she was she was physically with Christ My on goodness. his lap touching his garments wow um, oh my lord so i mean yeah so i guess the <clears throat> excuse me i guess the point of the story is um you know don't get discouraged keep mm. trying you never know um well one i'll start with one it takes, it, it takes us, um, it's a special type of ministry to minister to this, you know, the terminally ill. Right. Because time's ticking, you know, and there isn't that much time. Now, granted, you know, sometimes you may have a slight advantage over somebody who's healthy and really doesn't see the need for mm. God. And, you mm-hmm. know, somebody who's, you know, who's terminally ill I say it's a little bit easier. Um, it's a little bit harder to share because you're trying to be sensitive. Me, I'm not sensitive at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sensitive at all. Yeah, yeah. it's like I cut right to the chase, and yeah, and, and I, I, I don't purposely mean to hurt people's feelings, but it's just that's God did not give me compassion. You know, and I, I realize and I yeah. understand. He gave me other gifts, but not compassion. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, through all of that, um, uh, and just to see, you know, her kids, you know, her kids get a glimpse of, mm. of that. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's comforting to know that, you know, Christ sealed the deal with that is Amen. as, as scary as that was. Um, uh, yeah. How much longer did she live? So she, um, it was only a few months. Like she was diagnosed in, no, I think it was maybe closer to six months. She was diagnosed in 2012. Mm. Um, we mo- we moved in April 2014. This happened, I think, right around that time. Mm. And then she died in 2015. And wow. Mar- actually, she died March 15th, I think, of 2015. I was actually upstairs painting the... Um, or upstairs hmm. uh, when I when I got news and what had happened was she had uh, she had developed a pretty severe case of um, C diff uh, and then right. she started refusing treatments. Oh, um, wow. In fact, the, the last conversation I had with her, she hung up on me <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> because we got in this argument about she was trying to um, she was. Tr- I was I was the power of attorney, mm-hmm. and I had to play the heavy, unfortunately. Yeah, and she was refusing treatment, right, um, for the C diff. Oh uh, my goodness! And it's just a, a something as simple as a scope, you know. And I forget mm-hmm. exactly what it was, but I remember sitting in the parking lot. I was I went out outside to talk to her in the car. I was at work, and we get in this argument, and she says, "Well, you're no longer my power of attorney." Click, and that's the last time we talked. Oh, so, wow. But I understand. It's like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's like, mm-hmm. I, not that I anticipated that, but I knew it was what it was. Hmm. Um, yeah. But then she died uh, a few days later at a friend's house. She, a friend actually took her in for an under hospice. Oh. Uh, uh, great, Lisa is her name, but great, great person. Hmm. Um, she was a nurse herself, so she kind of knew how to care for her. Wow. Um, but they took her in on a gurney. Uh, and I think the next day she passed away. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I was at the funeral. I, maybe I'm misremembering, but like, I feel like it was sad, of course, but I feel like there was a, some sense of hope there. Like she, right. I mean, she had that relationship with the Lord and it came through, I think it was at Grace Church. Yeah. yeah, The big uh, Grace Church. mm -hmm. And yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember some feeling like no, was, it wasn't at Grace Church. Was it? No, it was. Remember, it was, was a snowstorm, and it was oh. at that little Baptist church right on uh, Main Street. Remember, oh. you guys, you guys had helped. There was a bunch of you guys that, that had helped yes. shovel sidewalks yes, and yes. stuff. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. I don't know it, why I was mixing that up, but yeah, yeah I remember being out there. Yeah. Shell. Okay. Yeah. Wow. My mom's Jeez. funeral was at Grace. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, there there was some sense of yeah. hope that, you know, I mean, I knew nobody, you know, I don't share the story very often. In mm. fact, I just shared it with my dad the other day and he never heard it. I thought he did. Wow. You know, and he never heard about it. And he says, um, you know, with his relationship with Christ, he, he just, yeah. he just felt so much more comfort knowing, mm. you know, that, you know, I, that, that's, I didn't know that. He yeah. Said, you know, so, uh, his daughter, it was encouraging Sat in the um, lap of Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, jeez, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't even, it, as you were 
getting to the end there and like I saw like the emotion and, and how visceral it was for you. I was like, geez, I mean, this is just the Lord intervening and yeah. speaking through something that is, is a miracle. It was just a God situation and we got to be a part, you know, there's no like stepping stones to like a, no. a vision of, of, uh, of sitting in Jesus's lap. But, but it also sometimes being a part of people's salvation is just getting to be along for the ride to see what God does. <laughs> right. That was quite a ride. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. certainly did it. Wow. Okay. But I, one thing I forgot that I just got, you know, yeah. just, and I've thanked everybody, but just you know all the all the love and support through that time. I mean, that mm. was a that was a tough time in our lives. Yeah. Um, just I mean, the the church really, uh, really stepped it up and mm. uh, really helped. Uh, mm -hmm. Even down to shoveling sidewalks, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, meals. Uh, you know, take it there. One one. I mean, I can't remember her name, but uh, we were meeting in the old space. Um, yeah. She would take Tina on her doctor's appointments. Huh. She got to a point where she couldn't drive. Right. Um, so like where a man and I couldn't take her, she would offer to, to take her. Oh, that's um, awesome. So it's just, just that, that type, I mean, huge, huge support because, yeah. uh, you know, that type of uh, an illness as common as it is, um, nobody can pre prepare themselves for what you're getting ready to endure. And I'm, mm. I'm looking at it, you know, on the other side of the fence, Right. Um, as trying to be, you know, a support figure in, mm -hmm. in her life and the family trying to, you know, and then the church steps in. It just, it right. takes a lot of burden off and it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's usually, it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, so. absolutely. Wonderful. Wow. Uh, let's, I think we just pray it out. Yeah. I mean, this is something. We Would you mind? I don't think I can do it. <laughs> absolutely. I will do it. I will do it. Oh, Lord Jesus. We all want to see you face to face someday we all want to be with you and we know as we uh get to know you more and um maybe even have uh, spiritual experiences with you that um we can't help but be changed and we're just so thankful that that you chose to work this way in tina's life and in uh brian and amanda and uh, their kids and tina's kids lives and um it's just unforgettable it's god it's God working and showing up, and um, we just are thankful to be a part of your work in people's lives, and um, I just pray that this would encourage and give hope to the people at Living Hope um, in situations like this, whether it's a family member or a friend that they've uh, that you've loved through really tough circumstances, or um, they maybe are even terminal, as Brian talked about, um, that you would give us wisdom and courage and uh, perseverance to love people uh, to the bitter end and always praying and always having hope that um, if they see you, then they will be changed, Lord Jesus. So we just pray that for all the people in our lives that we are hoping to meet Jesus, that, that you would reveal yourself to them show them your beauty and show them how your goodness and uh and they can't help but be changed just like tina was lord we're so thankful that she's with you and um continue to pray for her family and um going forward lord jesus so thank you for stories like this to share and the way the podcast can be to, to get real and talk about the real deep and hard things of life. So just thank you, Jesus, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.